You're listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Focused on leadership, culture, and building a team. Here's your host, Evan Silver. All right, so we're in the upstate of South Carolina. Very heavy booth rental um, area. So we are a commission salon, and um, we get asked all the time in our area, like, what's it like owning a commission salon? And the reason I want to ask this question, because owning a booth rental salon and owning a commission salon is completely different. So, Aaron, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm thinking about opening up a commission salon. They do not own a salon right now. What's some advice that you would give them? Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so backtrack to when we first opened, we were actually a booth rental salon and we transitioned, was it five years ago? Right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Four or five years ago, we transitioned to commission. Um, And the reason we did that was because um, we wanted just a unified team. We wanted it to be all about the team and we wanted to build a brand and have a bigger splash in our community to make a difference. Um, so that's why we did that. So I would just challenge whoever is coming to me asking, you know, what my thoughts are. I would just challenge them and I would say, you know, you need to figure out your why. So why do you want to open up your salon? Why, like, you know, what makes you passionate you know, what, what are the things, what are you, um, I mean, I I guess I just think back to whenever I was opening a salon, I was just worried about the paint color and the decor and picking out this and picking out that. And I didn't know how much work it was going to be. Um, I didn't know that I would bring it home every night. Um, I mean, we just listened to that conference and, you don't realize that, I mean, right now we are living out what we were dreaming of five years ago. Yep. And, you know, it, you, you have this dream for sure, but you don't know what the work entails. You don't know, you know, I mean, I think about even leading our staff. It's like, you know, you don't, how do you walk someone through um, a tough time? I mean, how do you walk, you know, how do you walk your staff through, um, you know, something personal that they're going through? I mean, that those are the parts that are just the most raw part of what we do, you know, yeah. is walking alongside our staff and, you know, them personally. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I think you get into it thinking, oh, I want to do hair, but actually being a owner of a company is way more than hair. Yeah. Um, I mean, it truly is. I mean, I, when we first started, um, the salon, I mean, I maybe worked 40 to 50 hours a week behind the chair, but I didn't have near the book work or the responsibility that I do now. Now, now we have a lot more staff. We're commission based. There's a lot more paperwork and payroll and, you know, I mean, we invest a lot of time into our team. We meet with them monthly and sometimes more often than, than that if they would like. But um, there's just a lot that goes into owning a company, especially if you want to grow it. Yeah. And to 
when you're owning a company, a lot of people focus on growing sales. Yeah. But if you if you go in to grow people, people will grow the sales. And I think a lot of people skip the growing people and they just want the sales. And that's where the turnover happens. Um, I also think there's a part of it too, to, you know, recognize that, you know, you're not the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. And there are a lot of business owners out there, not even just in our industry, but they think that they, what they say goes. And I think, I I hope we do that well, but like we want to, we, we like feedback from our team. We ask for often and we do that because we know that we're not always doing the right thing. And I think when we take our team up on, um, some of their feedback, we get a lot of buy-in and we got, we get a lot of ownership within, you know, certain things that we do like hiring and making changes. Yeah. I think that just comes down to practicing servant leadership. Um, knowing that you're not the smartest person in the room. One thing I thought of is in the past year, we brought in a new product line, Pureology. And, um, honestly I had me personally, I had my eyes set on something else. Yeah. Um, and I can make a mistake. You, we can make a mistake, mm-hmm. but when we have three, four five plus, um, it's really hard to make a mistake. And I'm yep. not say if we brought in that product line, it would be a mistake, but, um, our staff wouldn't have been behind it. And yeah. so we wanted to bring in something that they, that fit our brand and something that they loved. Um, and I think that's where a lot of small business owners, um, kind of go wrong because yeah. they think, well, this is my business, but that we don't look at it as my business or our, when I say our business, you know, I think of our whole team. Yeah. Um, because, all salons are understaffed. They're there because they choose to be there. Yeah. Why would we not go and get their input? I think, well, and I think it's interesting. This is something that I have noticed over the last little bit, but um, something I feel like has been interesting is when we have new staff that they go from this transition of like not knowing the salon phone number and not knowing the salon website and saying, um, well, the way you guys do things or the salon that I am now working at, like they say things like that. But then when they transition to, oh, yeah, my salon or absolutely, you can call us at 864-220-4979. Like they can kind of just recite, recite it as if, they're like a part of the team now. Right, right. And so they almost see ownership. We're seeing that firsthand right now because, you know, we brought back three of our staff members from, um, I guess, our quarantine and being furloughed. And they're three of our newest staff members. So um, they get, like right now, I feel like they're getting a lot of buy-in. They're getting a lot of ownership because they're getting to do a lot of the grunt work alongside of us um, to get our salon up and ready for, you know, our reopening. So, um, yeah, right now they're like the face of the company. They're the ones who are calling. They're the ones that are touching base with our staff or touching base with our guests. And the thing about it is they're not just calling and saying, Hey, we're pausing our reservations. They're at, 
they're come, they're asking, how are you and your family doing during this? Time? Yeah, it's been so and good. That, and that's what going back to what we were talking about, you know, starting a commission salon is building a brand and building a brand that people want to be a part of. Um, so in the, just how everyone is unified, um, I'm just so ready to get back because I love change. I love, um, you know, we're going to go back and it's going to be a completely different salon, completely different. Um, but it's still going to have the same, not the same guest experience, but it's going to have the same value that people feel, um, when people come back. And so it's going to be a way different way that we do it. And so I don't, we have an idea what that looks like, but we don't know, um, the guidelines and everything that our governor is going to set for. So another thing we do um, in the, when we are interviewing people, which we are doing currently right now, we are hiring for our front desk in the associate program is that we have um, a lead team that is completely volunteer. Um, and we ask them to be a part of the lead team. And so they sit in on interviews. They all have to give the thumbs up when we're hiring someone and they're also a part of the process of when we let people go. Um, so the lead team, um, we have a lot of buy-in just bringing them in on interviews. And like I said before, you know, I can make a bad hire, but we, the more people we have in there, it's really hard for all of us to make a bad hire. It's definitely possible. But um, at that point, when you bring on someone that doesn't work out, now you actually have not every, nobody does this by the way, but they're, we always feel like people are pointing their fingers at us and being like, oh, you made a bad hire. First off, you need to get over, you're going to make bad hires. So just get over your selfishness and just, it's going to happen. We've all done it. We've all done it. So, <laughs> but when you have a team and you have to let someone go and the lead team knows that and they're, you know, they're kept in the know. Um, when that happens, they have a lot, they think this is our salon, not this trickery, but it really is like, this is, we value, um, their voice. And so we had an interview today and we actually brought in our latest, well, she was hired in December and, um, she was our latest front desk hire. Yeah, 17 years old, and she's in our interview because we're hiring for front desk. And she asked some really great questions yes, and got did. a lot of insights. Yeah, so, Natalie, did. shout out to you. Um, but those are ways, if you're looking for ways to build value within your company, um, those are ways just people, people within your company and people that come into your company want to feel valued. And so what are some things right now, pause this, what are some things that you can make your staff feel valued? Um, A lot of them want to be heard, especially in the salon industry. Um, There is a lot of turnover um, in our industry. And I think a lot of it comes, they just want to be valued. I think, I mean, I definitely think that our team, they definitely want to feel valued. And then um, we also have had some of our senior staff ask for more responsibility. Yeah. And a lot of salon owners, they, I guess, get stuck in that lie that they have to do it all. And that's just not true. And by handing off to your teammates, they 
honestly, I'll just give you an example. But um, Jordan, she's our lead educator on our associate program. She's doing it way better than I could have ever done it. I love you, babe, but Jordan is crushing it. Yeah, she is. I mean, <laughs> she has the margin to do it, and that's her passion. Right. Hey, why don't you just take a second and actually talk about um, the conversation that we had with her? Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Um, and she talked you, about her passion, and we were like, right. So what she she actually came to us, um, and she was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing X." And we were like, well, okay, well, tell us why. And so she's like, well, I could bring in a little extra money, pay for my hobby, whatever. And we're like, well, what are you passionate about? And she said she was passionate about education, which we knew that. She's always talked about being passionate about the education side of what we do. And we're like, well, Jordan, like, what if our company grows so much that we need someone to do that full time? way down the road and you have not done the work in order to earn the right to do that. You know, like if that's something you want to do and we hire you to do that years from now, your coworkers should be like, Oh, well that makes sense for Jordan to do that. Right. Right. You almost have to earn the right. We would never want to hire someone that didn't earn the right if that yeah, makes sense. That was such a um, a beautiful conversation because she told us what her passions were and we're like, you can have those passions in our building. <laughs> yeah. So um, we created an opportunity for her and, and she is straight up killing it. Yeah, she is. Um, and, you know, used to do all the ordering and yep. I'll pat myself on the back. I was like, babe, let's hand this off. Let's mm-hmm. hand this off. Let's hand this off. Yep. And Brenna does it and she's doing a fabulous job at yes. it. And so, you know, sometimes we get in our own head of like, we are, we can, we're the only ones that can do this. Yep. Yep. No, I definitely, I mean, those were, those are two really great examples of us, you know, handing off something to someone who is more passionate or has more margin to do it for sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, I think by handing it off, it did the exact opposite. It actually drew people into our company and into our culture a little closer and gave them some ownership and something to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And it benefited the company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another way that I was just thinking of was, um, I guess another way to make our team feel valued is our team fun days. We've always done. Um, We do those once a quarter. Which well, this, we do. I think we. Well, I guess our last quarter is our Christmas party, but yeah. and we're miss. We missed the first one because of the freaking coronavirus. I know. Hashtag COVID. But so we do them once a quarter. Yep. So we do them once a quarter, and so the first three are just fun. I mean, we've done anything from making candles and going to brunch downtown, or we've done a lake day. We've done. Um, making cakes. I mean, 
Yeah, I think my favorite one, well, maybe because I'm a guy, but we had a pool day at our neighbor's house. And so we invited everyone's spouses. And so this is on a Friday. And so I'm like, man, I bet you none of them can come. They all came. And it was had, awesome. And again, need a sponsorship because Tropical Grill delivered the food and catered it. And uh, it was really, really fun. And And business owners, it was really cheap. I mean, it didn't cost us anything because. I mean, it, it costs us something. It costs us something. I mean, but, but Tropical Grill's cheap. But what we gained out of it was, A, we had a really fun day. And I think connecting with your employees' spouses is, I mean, that is, you can't put a price on that because. Yeah. And we went to um, Muse Salon and Spa oh. and Georgia and. That may have been my most favorite fun day. And I'll tell you why. And then you can keep going. I'm sorry. But the stylist in me and the female in me enjoyed this so much. But we ended up going to the salon of a, um, we just really admire the leadership. And we love, love, love the way that they do business. And um we basically scheduled uh, shampoo and blow dries for all of our guests or for all of our staff. And we were treated like royalty from the shampoo to the blow dry to the well, even, finish work. Even to the welcome. Like they yes. we were walking up and they were opening up the door and they're like, Silver Salon. And I know. So- it was awesome. I mean, we rented this, what, 15 passenger van and drove the two and a half hour trek to Atlanta. We... We loved it. It was it was awesome. Um, but those are the kind of things that I think build unity within your team and I think make your team feel valued and loved and cared for. Yeah, and you got to you got to just hang out with people outside of work hours. So if you're a business owner listening to this and you have female um staff, this is a great way to just say, hey, all of you guys pick a day and go get shampoo and blow dry somewhere and just let them hang out. Um, it would definitely build unity. So um, I didn't get a shampoo and blow out, <laughs> but I love being in the space. They've got a beautiful salon. Yeah. And I will also say this to you business owners. We closed our salon down. Every time we have a fun day, our salon is closed. Yeah. Don't do it on a day off. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, our salon is closed. We we lose a day of revenue during that quarter, but we gain so much unity. I mean, yeah, you can always make money. You can't always buy equity. And, right. And, and that was just a time for us to really deposit a lot of love and care into our team. And, and we feel like that's important to do on a regular basis. Yeah. Another thing we do to make our team feel valued and set our culture as we do a team member of the week. Um, and so we have a staff hub that our staff can log into and they can, they basically put the person's name. Um, they put their name, the person who is, um, the person who is nominating the person, they put their name as well. And then they put why, and it could be anything from a small, it could be something big. It could be like, you know, I was running late and this person could have left, but they stayed to help me finish up. And um, we celebrate that in our weekly team meeting. And the person who wins gets a $5 Starbucks gift card. 
um, which would get you like, what, half a coffee now? And um, <laughs> the person who nominated them gets a $5 Starbucks gift card. So you might be wondering, well, why does the person nominating get $5 gift card? Because we want to create a culture of celebration. And so um, it's $10 a week. Um, it's $40 a month, which is... A five, lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> for uh, Starbucks gift cards. But the culture you create um, is priceless. Yep. You like that? That's kind of kind of poetic. I, I know it I is poetic. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, so uh, we are actually going to be wrapping this up. We'll probably do more of these of menu because a it's easier because we live together and I have two mics, so we just walk upstairs and um, hope our kids don't get out of bed. Yeah, but um, this is something that I thought about, and I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of silly um, starting a podcast. Um, but during quarantine, I started thinking about it and. I mentioned it and I remember you just being like, do it. And I'm like, well, it kind of costs money to get the gear. And you're like, how much? And so um, we figured out. And so a lot of this gear that we got, I had to borrow some of it because a lot of it's on back ordered. I guess a lot of people were thinking, hey, let's start a podcast. So I'm passionate about leadership culture and building teams. And, you know, I have tons of resources around me. And I'm like, I want to share this with the world. Um, and so you're my, doing great. And so my first one is you because I mean, you're a freaking baller because you started a company like day one, it was you. <laughs> and so you, you did the hiring, you did everything. And I honestly don't know if I don't know going back, if I would have got it, got the company where it was. Um, with just me by myself. So I don't know if I tell you this enough, but I do admire you. You have really strong skills and, um, there's don't not, be crying I'm now. Not, I'm not, he's crying. tearing up you no, guys. I'm not, I'm not tearing up, but just to see you, um, get in there when we, when we first got the place and working and having all our family come in and help, um, it was just pretty amazing how all that just turned. And what did when you first? This be my my last question. When you first went into the salon, like, oh my gosh, we got a space. We're starting to order the equipment and all that. What did you dream of what it would be? Like, did you dream like? Because you had four chairs. Were you dreaming like, oh man, I could have three other people working here, or is it like, oh, I could have thirty people working? What was your I think, I mean, I actually revisited our business plan from 2011 when we kind of just first started dreaming of it. And we planned for eight stylists. And now we're at, we have 15 on staff. Yeah. And, and three so, of us are front desk. So 12 stylists. So, I mean, I honestly, I don't know that I really had, I guess, the mindset that we would be above eight. Um, and so we just listened to the Rachel Hollis conference and kind of some of the bits and pieces that I am kind of are ingrained in my mind from it was um, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. 
And the fixed mindset is like, you know, your lid, basically, you can't do anything above. Um, And when you shift to growth mindset, then you're able to be more creative, innovative, and to grow more than you ever thought you could. Um, Not to get super spiritual on the podcast, but um, I mean, we have made our decisions very much being guided by just the Lord and what he has kind of, I don't know. I, how do I explain that? Oh, you can get spiritual in here. Yeah. I don't mean, hold back. I mean, we, we have prayed for um, the right people to interview, to hire. We pray through the people that we do interview as God, if this is a person you want to help build the brand yeah. um, that you would, you wouldn't let this work out. And sometimes it, you know, we've had people that it works out and then we've had people that don't work out. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I'm speaking to like, even opening the salon, you, you definitely, I definitely feel called to, you, um, you know, uh, what's the right word. I feel called to do my part, um, do the research, you know, do my due diligence, but then you got to kind of leave the rest up to God. And, and it's, is not something that comes easy. I mean, especially with all the COVID stuff. I mean, it has been times of doubt and all that. And then you get a text message that someone's sending you money for no apparent reason, or, you know, like, we we've continuously got a stream, a steady stream of retail orders coming in. I mean, that's crazy because we're not even open. But yeah, we we've been closed since March eighteenth, and right now it is May the seventh. Yeah, we're and on. You week said seven. our you said our retail sales were like down only by like thirty percent. So in March, well, in March our retail sales were up by seven percent, and in April our retail sales were down by thirty three percent. But I mean, there's all kinds of things that contributed to that outside of, you know, we had some pretty hefty goals for May, but um, I know, but I mean, it's all good. I mean, we've learned so much through this. I mean, my dad specifically, he's every time we've gone through um, like a rough patch of, I guess, growth, I guess, is the right way to put it. He he was his background is HR, as you know, Evan, but um Oh, is that what it was? I know, right? I mean, he spent his entire career in HR. He, you know, worked at a manufacturing or a textile plant and then ended up his career um kind of in the public sector. But um anyway, he always said, Well, now Aaron, now that you're on the other side of it, what did you learn? And I mean Throughout everything that we've done, whether it's just opening the salon or transitioning to commission or um, making a bad hire or, you know, having a bump in the road or being closed for seven weeks and counting, um, you know, I can pretty much guarantee you that once all this is over, both my parents are going to look at us and say, well, what did you learn through all this? (laughs) You know, and so, I mean, it's definitely, I guess... You don't know what you're capable of until you do it. And I think when you know your why, 
I'll take this from, I guess this was Rachel Hollis, but when you know your why, the how comes, you know? Yeah, that's Simon Sinek, but... Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Simon. Yeah, I'm sure he is listening to this and just furious that you gave it to somebody else. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, this has been a very unsettling time for our country, for our world, for small businesses, but you know what? We keep going back to we do things the right way. God's called us to it. Um, we are lead our company through prayer, and it's it's been good. I mean, yeah, what? it's been tough. Well, I have a question for you. Like, what? Whoa, was... That's not how this works. No, I'm kidding. Go but ahead. well, how? <laughs> like, I don't know that I've even asked you this. Well, go ahead. But what were your thoughts? Like, your honest, transparent thoughts of we're closing the salon. I know, I think I know how you felt like when we closed it, but what were your thoughts week two, week three, week four? Um, okay. Week one, week two, uh Oh, week three. Oh crap. Nah. Um, <laughs> the weird thing is, is I've really, I've actually been, I felt pretty peaceful during all this, which seems kind of crazy. And I knew at first it was the right decision. Well, I say I knew. We went back and forth. And I've talked about this on video, um, on our Instagram video. You can go back and watch that. But um, I went back and forth. And I knew once we made the decision, it was the best decision for then. And I just had this piece. And I was like, ready. I was like, man, we're going to come back on the other side. And we are going to be killing it. Um and then, you know, you mentioned the Rachel Hollis um, Rise Conference we watched, and I heard something, his name, I believe, is Eric Thomas. Um, if it's not, I'll go back and edit it and put it in. But um, he talked, and he came out with tons of energy, and he was like, all right, guys, come on, stand up. This is what leaders are born for. Mm -hmm. he's like times like these is when leaders like this is what we dream of when not we thrive not a pandemic but this is where we thrive and he talked about he's like um us as as men when we were boys we we were playing basketball by ourselves and it we were michael jordan with three seconds left in game seven and we're going to shoot the ball that's what we live for that's what michael jordan i'm watching documentary currently well not right now i'm doing the podcast but um <laughs> he he wanted the ball because he knew that he could he could do it he knew he could do it if he knew he couldn't do it he wouldn't be as successful as he was. So I think in this time, I think that really spoke to me. I'm like, you know what? Everybody around us is panicking and freaking out. Um, this is a time where I know we're going to be okay. Yep. And let's be strong during this. Cause that's what our people need. Yeah. And then the last point is same guy talked about a, a, a flashlight on your phone and having a flashlight on your phone in the day is kind of useless and people don't really see it. But at night, when everything goes dark, that flashlight just shines. And so I feel like that's what our company is doing right now. Yeah. Everything around us is so dark. I just pray that our company is a bright light and yep. a beacon for yep. others to see, hey, there's some positivity. And we've got messages on social media and text and calls where people are being like, hey, I love the positivity you guys are putting out. Yeah. Um, and Rachel Hollis said this. We're fresh off the conference. Sorry, guys. She was like, this isn't hard. 
She said, losing your big brother is hard. Finding out you have cancer is hard. Finding out a loved one has got two weeks to live, that's hard. Yeah. And there are people that lost their life during this. And, you know, it's a different situation for everyone. But in our situation, this is just um, an inconvenience. You know, yeah. we both have our health. Our staff has our health. And we've not truly been affected by it personally. Right. And our our parents are still here. You know, we got two beautiful kids and the Rachel Hollis goes on. She's like, you remember when you dreamed of what you have now? And I was like, oh, it hit me between the eyes because our mm-hmm. kids are driving me insane. They're driving me insane. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can I just like get a moment to just get my sanity together? And she was like, hey, you remember when you dreamed of what you have now? And I was like, holy crap. We prayed and dreamed of these kids. Yeah, um, we did. Four years ago. Yeah. So, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Yes, this was really fun. I learned some new things after uh, 10 years of marriage. Thanks for listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening. 